How we doing? I am your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob. Welcome to Station B.O.B. And let me tell you a little about thee. I am a kid from a Harlem hood who turned out good. I got educated like I should. Now I know how to help you grow to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. With that said, I am here to provide you with some clarity associated with the perplexity of the challenges in your life, love, and work. So, without further ado, let's get down on it. Enjoy the show. Ah, yes. Welcome once again, my friend, to Station B.O.B., where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. I'm your host, Dr. Rob, and as always, I am excited and very happy to be with you today. And once again, we have another one of my top topics, and that is why so many black boys and girls do not know their fathers. Now, although the focus of this show is about black boys not knowing who their fathers are, because usually the stories are with black boys that he didn't know his father. But there, too, are many black girls who also don't know their father. So I would like to include them in this podcast as well. So for for openness... I have to start this subject from the black perspective as to why so many black boys do not know their fathers. And I think I would be remiss in my duty if I did not start off with the historical perspective of this subject dating back to slavery. This is because this is important because so much of who we are today stems from the black experience and as slaves, I mean, I mean, for instance, what we eat, I mean, I don't know so much today, but I know when I was coming up, pig feet and chitlins and, and still um, I hear, you know, in many families that our relatives are still eating pig feet and chitlins. Now, why does that, what does that have to do with slavery? Well, it has to do with the idea or the fact, I should say, that That's the food that the slave owners fed their slaves, the the scraps of the food, the pieces of meat or animals that they did not uh, like to eat. And so pig feet, pig ears, chitlins, and I guess in pig tails and so on. And so I think another aspect of who we are today as black people connected to slavery is the fact that we beat our kids. Now, I don't know if that's that too is still a thing, so to speak, but I know when I was growing up, you know, getting beatings or spankings, I should say, because we didn't get beat per se as, as in abuse, but we, you know, you, you hear stories from your friends about when they did something wrong and and including me, and how we received a spanking or two for not listening to what our mothers 
said. But I, I, I will go as far as saying that I think that beating our children, spanking our children, I think that too stems from slavery. I mean, think about this. White people, they do not spank their children. I mean, unless that child is in an abusive household with an abusive father or mother. Otherwise, there are no spankings taking place in white households. They, you know, as we all know, they put their kids on time out. I mean, you know, you hear white children where they talk to their mother, get out of my room. Now, how is this your room? And I'm the parent and you're my child in the house that I'm paying mortgage for. And their children tell them, get out of my room and close my door. You cannot come in my room. <laughs> that's probably why black people, that's probably why another reason why black people, we beat our kids because we will not tolerate our children talking to us like that. The whole timeout thing. Whew. We got a ways to go before we get to the timeout. But what we could do more as black people, we can talk to our children more and explain to them so they can develop a better understanding of why they should not do what you ask them or tell them not to do. And then a- another thing, I believe this, this, I think this is just really my opinion, but I know others who feel the same way. Black people, we do not stick together. And as part of our history in slavery, our families were, were, they were torn apart. Our fathers were sold off. Our sons were sold off. Our daughters. I mean, I mean, there was no record of, of birthdays or, or anything for us to even know, you know, anything about when we were born, who we are. We don't even have our own names. We have what we call these days our slave name or government names. And so we don't stick together. And that was the case in slavery. And I believe that is still, there's some still some remnants of that today. Whereas you look at uh, the Jewish community, they stick together. You look at the Italians, the Italians are all about the family the Latinos, I remember as a kid, I grew up in Spanish Harlem. I remember if we had trouble with, say, a, a Puerto Rican, not being disrespectful, but that's who we lived by. You know, they were Puerto Ricans. And so if we had trouble with something with one guy and we ran through a block that had a heavy population of uh, Puerto Ricans or Latins, we, we it may have been 10 of us chasing one. Spanish guy in the block. And when we came out on the other side, there were 25 or 30 of them chasing us out of the block. And so that's a, that's a good indication of sticking together here. They coming together, chasing us. And they didn't even know why we were chasing one of their friends. So sticking together, I think is also an attribute that, that stems from slavery because we were torn apart as a people, as a family, as a culture. And so to keep it moving, I just wanted to point out, you know, that this is, you know, some of the many effects that slavery has had on the lives of black people in America and black boys who don't know their fathers. So 
As a matter of fact, black boys have been without their fathers for hundreds of years, it seems, because of what I just talked about, how slave owners broke up our families and sold off our brothers, sold off our fathers and, and other relatives. And as a matter of fact, as time progressed during the early 20th century, during the Delano, Delano Rose, Roosevelt presidency, when he came up with the New Deal, the New Deal included what they call public welfare. This is before food stamps. And what what happened, how that adversely impacted the black family as, as far as our fathers are concerned, is that during, this was a time when when black men and women could not find equal employment opportunities. And the only jobs that were made available to us in, in corporate America and so on and so forth, were the menial jobs. And even in the menial jobs, we were not paid uh, at a fair rate. And the in the unions, you know, black men and women, but at that time it was particularly, specifically men, could not join unions. Racism, white people did not allow us to join their unions. You know, I'm talking about their labor unions. And so... That, of course, would force us to now have to depend on this public welfare system that was created by uh, FDR. And so in order for a, a woman with children to be eligible for public welfare, there could be no man in the house. If your father is there and he's a man, then it would be expected by the government that your father would the man of the house would have to go to work. However, he could not go to work because of discrimination. So that compelled us, forced us into a state of dependency. So yet another reason for the absence of the black family in the black household. So as a matter of fact, check this out. My research shows that slave family structures varied systematically uh, another key word, systematically. We Today we're dealing with systemic racism, and, and, and we're already talking about systematic structures in slavery. And what that, what, what that pertain to is that depending on the slave holdings, meaning the number of slaves on a particular plantation, if the slave holdings were, were small, then enslaved children on smaller plantations with smaller holdings were more than likely members of a single parent household because the research says that it's more than likely their fathers were sold off to other families. And then on the other hand, on plantations that had larger slave holdings like more people, Excuse me one second as I get rid of a call that I didn't know I was going to receive. Okay, back to the show. Sorry about that. I thought I'd turn my phone off, but I didn't. And then, of course, I would get a call in the middle of the show, and it would be a call that says, scam likely. So, anyway, the phone is turned off. But back to the, the topic. So, as I was saying my research showed that plantations that had larger slave holdings 
enslaved children on those types of farms were were more inclined or more likely to be on a, a, a farm on the plantation they were more than likely to be on the same plantation with their father and mother until I guess, you know, maybe they tried to breathe or or look at something and they may have been sold off to slave, you know, sold off to another family. So at any rate, as time evolved, my research also indicates that children whose parents live in a single parent household. This of course is after slavery. Now we are, you know, having our own apartments and, and homes and houses and things, uh, you know, kids whose parents lived in single parent households, the tendency is that they themselves are more likely to live in a single parent household and to have been born out of wedlock. And so that's another reason having to do with the fatherless black boy and black girl is that so many of us are born out of wedlock and, 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 you know, parents being married is the foundation of the family. And so if we're born out of wedlock, in addition, we, we have our children at very young ages where we're both, the mother and the father are not yet emotionally ready, financially prepared or educated to the extent that they could find a decent job to take care of the children or the baby that they have just conceived. And so now let's fast forward to where we are today in regard to the father and black families. One in four Black families in America have a father in the household, and that would include stepfathers. Like, in other words, let me just say that the other way, that three out of every four black households, there is no father figure. That's right. 75% of black families in 75% of black families, there is no father figure. And so, similar on that, I'm going to step aside to let a promo in. And when I come back on the other side, we're going to continue our discussion about why so many black boys and black girls do not know their fathers. Relationship Readiness Life and Work Preparedness Services, the place you come to for coaching, consulting, and counseling in life, love, and work. We are a multi-purpose service organization that will coach you up, educate, guide, and motivate you to succeed. We provide management training and consulting services for all businesses in the areas of employee relations, unionized employees, progressive discipline, the annual review process, and emotional intelligence to develop effective leaders for your organization. And our relationship counseling services for individuals, couples, groups show you how to become relationship ready with improved self-esteem, resilience, and self-awareness. To learn more about our programs and services, please contact Robert T. Gardner Jr. by email at changeagentrtg 
at gmail.com or request a meeting for a free one-hour consultation at relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and let's go back to Station B.O.B. Ah, yes. Welcome back, and thank you once again, my friend, for tuning in to Station B.O.B., where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. Just before I let the promo in, we were talking about the reasons why black boys and girls don't know who their fathers are. And I'm just going to continue with some more st- statistics that really go that go down the hill from, from there. And I think it's a good idea that rather than cover those statistics in any further detail, I would just like to talk about the most recent information I have, which says in 2015, there was a 77% birth rate of which black children are born out of wedlock. 77%. Along with all the other self-inflicted wounds carried out by black people, like black-on-black murders for senseless reasons, the lack of family structure serves as a serious impediment to advancing the black agenda for both our boys and girls here in America. And then to exacerbate the situation, once again, racism comes into play. Because when we look at the rate of marriage between black and white families, more than half of the difference in the marriage gap between the two, that sounds like it is is almost, I'm sorry, let me just, let me just say this again or start again. Okay. Let me let me just repeat that. Once again, racism comes into play when we look at the rate of marriage between black and white families. More than half of the difference in the marriage gap between the two races can be attributed to racism, unemployment, and incarceration. And that sounds like it is almost at the point of no return because those have been the factors for decades, well, beyond decades, but I'm just going to keep it to recent time. So what are we going to do to fix this issue? This is a white and black issue, but we need as black people to take responsibility for our own behavior and awareness And I'm going to just be blunt and say, you know, we need to stop making babies after we drop out of high school or stop making babies every time we have sex. We do not have to make a baby. or I'm going to say you do not have to make a baby every time you have sex. There are birth control methods. The pill was out when I was a young person. The condom was out when I was a young person and they both work very effectively and they are still available and still in effect. Think about this. How are you going to, how, how you, how, how you going to bring a baby 
into your mama's house and you're already uh, living with four or five of your, your brothers and sisters who do not have the same father <clears throat> as you do. We have to do better. We have to want more than a baby to be happy. Now, don't get me wrong. Dr. Rob loved the kids. But, I mean, think about this. We're having children out of wedlock at very young ages. Our children, in many cases, don't know who their fathers are. That is not a way to start your life. It's just not a way to start your life. And I'm, I'm just going to continue on this point about babies out of wedlock and, you know, with some of the issues are related to that. So just before that, I just want to tell you a little story. I was at a book event selling books, my books, The Choices We Make, Access Denied, Light Up Your Life. And I was talking with a, a, a black woman about relationships. And she, she brought to my attention that her son does not know his father. And she informed me that the reason why her son that does not know his father is because she said that she was involved with a man for a short time and they realized that their relationship, you know, they were not going to have a meaningful relationship, you know, after she learned she was pregnant. But she wanted to have her baby. And so she did not press the father you know, to be responsible for her child. She went on and made a decision to have her baby and not necessarily hold that father accountable. And she informed me that she explained to her son that she had a baby, you know, not necessarily in a one-night stand, but that, you know, he was conceived in a, a relationship with his father and they were not in a loving relationship. And so, and so like I was saying, I was really, you know, I guess impressed by the, the courage that this young woman had to first raise a child by herself, but also to tell her son why his father is absent from his life. And with that said, you know, that, that was an eye-opening, you know, experience for me because after that experience, I started seemingly to have more experiences where, you know, black boys or, or should I say black fathers were finding out, you know, in their neighborhood, the local community, that they had children that they were not aware of or they were never told that, you know, they were the father of these particular children living, you know, in the same town with them or the same city. And I'm just going to go out on the limb, you know, to say that, you know, another reason why black boys do not know their fathers is because of their black mothers, having one night stands. Now I don't say that and you know please you know forgive me but I'm not saying that a mother having a one night stand or a woman having a one night stand that there's anything wrong with that because 
That's what, you know, sex is a lot of times. But what's happening is our black brothers are having one night stands. And then, you know, in many cases, they don't find out that they're pregnant in two until that person they had the one night stand with could be long gone or maybe there was no real contact set up. You know, that's what we do sometimes after a good party night, you know, we have one night stands, but the problem with that is that, you know, these mothers who are having these or have had these one night stands then become pregnant and then their child him or her grows up without their father and so the father gets the heat for not being available to his children or not being a father whereas in many cases the father doesn't even know he is a father and so the our sisters in many cases are too ashamed perhaps too embarrassed to admit to their son or daughter that they had a one night stand or the person they got, you know, who is their father, they were not in a, a meaningful or loving relationship. And so then the child grows up not knowing his or her father and then is angry at the father who doesn't even know that he is a father. Let me, I have another quick story to tell you because in my own family, I have a nephew who, you know, I live in a small town and he grew up in this town. I moved to the town, but at any rate, he learned from going to the barbershop and that's where many black fathers find out that they have children. They learn, they learn about that at the barbershop because there's always somebody in the neighborhood to say, Hey, Shakir, you know, there's a little kid on my block. He looked just like you. You know, that, that's how they find out. And that is how my nephew found out that he had a son. You know, he was going to the barbershop and he's, you know, his friends started telling him, hey, man, there's a little kid, you know, over there on Main Street or wherever the address was at the time. That looks just like you. And then my nephew followed up and it turned out that he had a son. And then that same nephew also the same thing going to the barbershop. I'm not sure if it was another barber, like a different barbershop, but going to the barbershop, he found out that he had a daughter. And so, you know, and this came from women who may have lost touch with him, Possibly they were one night stands because he, you know, he never knew that he fathered these children. And so I think it's important to know that there are black fathers out there who want to be fathers to their children, except if they don't know, if they have not been informed, not been told, then they could not father the children that they fathered, if you will. And so I think it's important for the black mothers to to stand up and tell the truth when you're in these situations so that your children don't grow up angry at their absent father 
And then that's another burden for them to carry, another hurdle for them to get over. And, and as much as they may not know their father, but at least if they know the story, it might ease the pain. But not only that, if you, as the mother, you may be of some assistance to say, you know, I remember, you know, his name was Tyrone Johnson. And he, he grew up in the Bronx on Fordham Road. That might lead to something. That might, if your child, him or her, might be interested in just wanting to know who might that person be, that could be that could make a world of difference in your child's life. And so we're going to step aside and let another promo in, and we'll pick it up on the other side of the break. Have you read any good books lately? Your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob, is the author of three great books. In his first book, The Choices We Make, Robert takes a look at relationships to help readers learn how to have a good relationship with themselves before they can have good relationships with others. In his second book, Access Denied, Robert brings an eye-opening perspective about what happens to children and fathers when their relationships with the mothers of their children end on bad terms. Robert explores what he calls child pawn when a parent, usually the mother, uses a child as a weapon to hurt the other parent. Robert provides a let-go lab in his book to help parents find positive ways to resolve their issues in the best interest of their children. Light Up Your Life is Robert's latest book. Robert writes about the fact that we are all born with a special God-given talent. Even though we are all born with a special talent, most of us miss our true calling. In this book, you will learn how to find your special talent and light up your life so that you can become the person you were born to be and live a more fulfilled, purpose-driven life. Books are available at barnesandnobles.com, amazon.com, and Robert's website, relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and back to the show. Okay, thank you very much. I, You know, during my show, I always like to take a laughing break because laughter is is a good thing. Now this is a this is a a top topic and I just want to point out before we start, you know, take our laughter break that this is not a sister bashing, a woman bashing. This is a truth telling. Okay? Because many of our children are walking around not knowing who their father is and then they they develop anger and resentment for being feeling rejected by a man that they believe did not want them when the reality or the truth of the matter is perhaps your own mother you as a sister just in having fun in your life had a good night had a one night stand and boom then came along a baby but we have to finish the story and let our brothers and sisters know, or your children, I should say, let him or her know, you know, where, where, where they come from, how this happened. I mean, it's just so important to, to fill that void. And now with that said, I'm going to let some laughter in. Think about something funny, do something funny, stretch, just uh, take a second or two to laugh. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha. 
Okay, back to the show. Now, as I like to do on my podcast, I, I like to raise issues or topics or situations that might be difficult for somebody out there and then talk about what can we do to fix this. So admittedly, especially on this topic, I do not have all of the answers, but we do have to look at finding ways to strengthen the black family structure. And I'm just going to, you know, share a couple of points with you about what I think and believe would be very helpful in that endeavor to strengthen the black father, I'm sorry, the black family, and to also enhance the presence of the black father. I'm going to first say that we need to be more responsible in our sexual endeavors, our sexual relations. Do we have to make a baby every time we have sex? I would think not. Why not find ways to have responsible sex so that we do not have to become fathers and mothers or or make babies with fathers with people who do not even want to be with us or not, or, or perhaps not even ready for that responsibility. Does it make you a bad person because you don't want to be a father at 18, 19, 20 or 21, but it does make you irresponsible if you don't take steps to avoid that. So we need to be more responsible and for 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 men and women, young men and women, improve your self-esteem. A better sense of self would eliminate the need for our little girls to want to have babies, you know, to, to feel happy, to feel better, to give them something to do. No, if if our little boys and girls, if our children had a better sense of self, they would not look to conceiving or making a baby for happiness. They would look to themselves. First, learn to love yourself, okay? And if you learn to love yourself, you wouldn't learn to love people who don't deserve your love or people who don't want to be with you and people who do not want to have a baby with you. We have to focus on our education, reading and independence so that we are not tied to low-end jobs that do not allow us to afford the children we make. You know, once you make a baby as a teenager, your life is not over. But instead of doing what you were born to do or what you like to do, now you have to do what you have to do. And you have to make money so that you can assume responsibility for your children. And then the ways that you find to make money, you probably will not like the job that you have to do. So as a young person, you should also have a dream. And and I know that might sound corny, but if you think about it, having a dream, you know, says that one day when you grow up, that you want to be something, that you want to do something, that you want to create something. You want to fulfill something that you want to do so that you can make money, 
I don't know what your goals might be to buy a big house, to date pretty women or handsome men, to own four or five cars, whatever your, you know, dream might be. If you have a dream, it will keep your life on track because you will be distracted and you will have ups and downs. But if you have a dream, a vision for how you see yourself, not as 18 years old or 19 years old, but how do you see yourself when you're 25, when you're 26? Do you see yourself in a new car, you know, in the condo with all your boys or your crew members? Like, how do you see yourself? So a dream, as I said, will keep you Online and the dream is about you and it does not cost any money to have a dream. It doesn't cost anything. You don't need a cell phone. You don't need an iPhone. You don't need a PlayStation and Xbox. All you need to do is have a dream. And that will keep you on focus, keep you on track because having a baby is a beautiful thing. But if you have a baby when you are still a baby, more than likely your baby may not have his or her father. You are going to be a single parent. And I I have to tell you, I'm married. I have two two children and me and my wife, we love each other to death. But sometimes we still be saying who's not doing enough and who could do more. That's because it is a lot of work to have one child, but it's even more work to be a single parent. Don't make yourself a single parent. Make yourself a success, and then you can have all the children you want and also have a black father for your black children. With that said, I want to thank you once again for tuning in. You can pick up or download my podcast Pretty much anywhere where you get your podcast from. Apple, Pandora, Spotify. I'm everywhere on the apps. Uh, should I say the, the, the podcast apps. And you can find my podcast all over social media. Facebook. What, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, I can't even remember all my social media platforms. But anyway, be nice and do the right thing when nobody is looking. And most of all, remember that love is not a word. It's an action. We show love. We demonstrate love. We don't say love, say I love you, and then do things that do not show love. Until the next time, my friend. I'll talk to you later. As we wrap up this show, I hope this topic helped you to grow. And now you know a little bit more than you knew before. If you have any questions about this topic, please email me at changeagentrtg at gmail.com see my website relationshipreadiness.org to learn more about my counseling consulting and educational programs related to life love and work finally 
In the words of the late great reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., if I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody he is traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. Until we meet again, do the right thing when nobody is looking. Peace, beloved.